Previously on Quantum Kickflip. What you and Maybelline have discovered are six nega friction coils. I will equate one nega friction coil to one mod on your device. Whoa. Holy shit. If you're wondering how I was able to find you, it's your coil. It leaves a pretty big signature when you have way more nega friction than you can possibly use. Before she can react or think about what she's doing, uh, she leans in and kisses Walt. Maeve, I... I didn't, um, sorry. Walt kisses her back. (gasps) We're gonna need some stuff, Helix. Jericho wants my DNA? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, he can have it. (laughs) Those charges naturally come with those updates, right? But upload your memory before you plug in. Easy as that. And he reaches in and he pulls out uh, what looks like just like a smooth chrome kind of brick with rounded edges. Web technology, they can't get past this. As the partitions are coming down, he realizes that he has access to all these files. Trev4 and Helix, you were collecting thin zone codes and you found a very specific one that led from Thenispar to Desney. And Helix, in front of you, you can only really describe it as a moon, but it is made of part coral, part glass, and uh, a part Part of your slug blaster sense is kind of pinging here, and you get the feeling you could probably get some sick components from this moon. Welcome back to another episode of Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena, I'm your host and your Slugmaster, and with me are some of my best and funniest friends in the whole world who are going to introduce themselves to you now. As you introduce yourselves, players, I want you to tell us about a time that you reunited with someone or something that you cared about. Hi, my name is Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick the Chill Playbook with the Robot Companion. And just the other day, I had to go to my parents' house for some errands, and I saw uh, I saw my family cat, Calvin, and he's so cute, and he's a little fuzzball. I picked him up, I hugged him, and I loved him, and I reunited, because I hadn't seen him for about a week. Ooh. What a good little guy. What a good guy. <laughs> yeah. My name is Robin Slack. I played Maybelline Zandros, the grit playbook with the photonic jacket. Uh, and you said someone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, one time we were playing Dungeons and Dragons at David Ray's house because uh, he is a DM, uh, and we were. I had gotten all my dice out for the session we were about to play, and Dave was like, "It's going to be a very role play heavy one tonight. We might not even roll any dice." And so, as a bit, I grabbed all my dice and threw them across the room <laughs> and into the other room. Uh, and then when I went to go pick them up after doing my dumb bit, I could only find six out of seven of them. And then several years later, Dave moved out of that house and the final die showed up when he moved all his furniture. (laughs) And I was reunited with my long lost seventh die. It was the percentile. (laughs) Hello, I'm Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hard light board. Uh, and when I was in high school and, uh, first couple years of college, where I lived at my parents' house, I had a drum kit, uh, and I played drums just you know, recreationally, mostly. Uh, and then when I moved out uh, for the rest of college and to just go be an adult, I never lived anywhere that I could have a whole <laughs> drum kit. Uh, apartments, condos, roommate things, uh, until finally I now live in a place uh, with a big basement 
And I got my drums back after like 15 years, and I have played maybe 15 minutes of them. Yay! <laughs> One minute per year. <laughs> Hello, my name is David Ray. I play Trev Four, The Heart Playbook. Uh, etc. I, I remember back in high school, there was this uh, one time when I went to a, a youth conference down in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was like a bunch of kids from all over the uh, North America coming to this thing. I, I met a girl that I immediately uh, had a big crush on and everything like that, and uh, spent the week with her. Uh, and I was like, well, goodbye, girl from South Dakota. I'll never see you again. And then, um, on our way back, we bumped a flight and we got a $500 voucher, which I used to fly down to South Dakota for her prom. And it was, I left right after my like last play in Minnedosa, uh, uh, for high school, went onto the plane. Uh, arrived in South Dakota with my suit on and went straight to her prom with her. And it was like, so I came off with like a flower and everything. Like I looked, it was like, Cute. yeah, it was like the cutest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> David raised the heart in real life too. <laughs> and as I mentioned, my name is Lena. I am your host and your slugmaster. And I have a friend who lives in Spain for most of the time. Uh, she comes back in like May or June and hangs out with us here in Edmonton. And then in uh, the fall, she uh, goes back to Spain and then uh, does school and other awesome shit there. Uh, and it's always uh, one of my favorite parts about the summer is uh, when she gets to come back and I get to see her again. And she, I don't think she listens to this podcast, but uh, I love her. <laughs> yeah, who does the Spanish dub for Quantum Kickflip? Do we know? <laughs> Speaking of reunions, you have all reunited and our gold star disaster once again. You have had solo missions, you've had an odyssey of political intrigue and diplomacy and subterfuge. So now it's time to go back to your roots. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Yeah! Sensory input is utterly drowned in the dimension of Desneen. Deep blue water extends infinitely in all directions, effortlessly suspending structures of rock, coral, and glass with even pressure on all sides. There is no ground and no pull of gravity in any one direction. The sensation of perpetually floating evaporates all muscle tension. The blue of the water has a slight natural glow to it, but it quickly gets swallowed up with distance. This glow is only occasionally interrupted by shadows of plants or rocks, or the bioluminescent glow of swimming sea creatures. This place would not be described as bright or vibrant, nor would it be described as loud. There are no LED billboards, no loudspeaker advertisements, not even a faint buzz of idling computer tech in the room except for the occasional rushing sound of a current or passing school of fish, Desneen is utterly quiet. Gold Star Disaster. This is your first run together since your reunion on the Multiversal Odyssey. You've just made it through the portal from Thenispar that Helix and Trevor had discovered in the Odyssey's observation tower. You find yourselves in the midst of a field 
of floating sea rocks and coral reefs the size of large vehicles, some floating in space, some spinning lazily, and some propelled by localized currents. Air bubbles occasionally burst out from these reefs, and some such bubbles remain floating in place, big enough for a slug blaster to skateboard all the way around. At the center of this field is a massive sphere of coral, metal, and glass. Debris floats all around you, and you can tell that there might be some resources here, crystallized sea glass, metal threads, and coral detritus that you could turn into components. As promised, you are wearing Wix branding on your deep sea suits. Your phones are in waterproof cases with features specific to your towers, and if you're streaming, people are absolutely watching, eager to see what Gold Star Disaster will do and who they might call out. Desney is yours to explore. Before we get started uh, harvesting what we can to turn into components from this sweet cash Trevin I found, uh, I really want to jump into one of those bubbles because the whole thing is kind of shaped like like a pool, you know, like a skateboard pool or a hoverboard pool, but then it's like a whole circle, right? So it's like one big orb. And I figure, this is my, my theory at least, this is what I'm hypothesizing, that the water tension that make up the walls of these uh, ever-floating bubbles would be enough to kick off of, and so we should be able to bounce around inside of the bubbles like an infinite skate ramp. Gridge, that, uh, gridge. <laughs> uh, and then after saying that very cool thing, uh, Helix puts his hoverboard out and it's like in the form of a little uh, swimmy, uh, like, um, <laughs> kick pad like thing. Like flutterboard? Flutterboard, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm looking for. Uh, and then begins to like slowly swim himself over to the thing. <laughs> He's saving his energy for for the hoverboarding. Of course, yeah. Uh, but it does look very cute. He's got a little hard light flutterboard. Yeah, I guess there's probably not a ton of swimming in Operablem. Um, might like, depend on your tower, I guess. Yeah, might depend on your tower and like how much that's considered, you know, a thing. If anything, Kindred would probably have the like recreational pools and like it's stylized to kind of look like Desneen or whatever. Uh, Webb, of course, has slime pools mm-hmm. uh, and Lansden has uh, long, narrow lanes of water. It's one single lane for lane swimming. <laughs> There's also been... Uh, um, Diboken battles in shallow pools. Oh, there's, oh, even, yeah. there's a pool at Matt Static. Mm-hmm. No, there isn't. Matt Static, what are you talking about? <laughs> Matt Static doesn't exist. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> well, Maeve is an old hand at swimming, growing up in Thenispar, a lot of, lot of fresh water around and whatnot. Uh, so she's fully at home in this environment, as, as at home as you can be in an infinite ocean. Uh, but you said there were, like, localized currents. There was, like, stuff whipping by on, like, you know some sort of underwater current thing, right? Yeah, definitely. For the most part, it is very, like, even pressure, and if you don't do anything, you can very easily just kind of float in place. But there are definitely these localized currents that are, like, snaking around that are kind of hard to see unless something's in them, but they're definitely there. I think Maeve takes a second to, like, study those and and just, like, watch for things getting whipped by and see if she can sort of map out a route, because uh, she wants to to slip into one of these currents and see if she can pick up some speed and, and get a trick going. Nice. Uh, Trevor Waltz, uh, where where are you being pulled, metaphorically speaking? <laughs> or literally. <laughs> or literally speaking. I think this is perhaps Waltz's first time in Desneen, and he's been very excited to get Carcinican out because no one's more at home in an infant ocean than a crab. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. a fish. Maybe a fish would be, I don't know. Maybe. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but Carcinican is loving it. 
Yeah, Walt, Walt summoned him up and he's just been dooting around in between little bits of coral, making bubbles. It's it's a great old time and Walt's, Walt's so happy to see him going at it. Aw, adorable. Trev is very disoriented for many reasons. Uh, for mm-hmm. one, I, both of his slam boxes are full uh, due <laughs> yep. to uh, the last run uh, and he's... Uh, you know, his memory and circuitry is uh, like overwhelms. He ha- does have the upgrade so he can like live in the water. He's got like waterproofing on. So he actually doesn't have a suit. What, whereas everybody might be wearing a suit. I think it's just Trev Fors able to uh, s- uh, survive down here with waterproofing on all of his things. Yeah, he had a tune up on his sealant before we came through. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, he folds his knees back and it has his like little uh, rockets that start propelling him. Uh, and uh, he's just like looking around and uh, taking everything in, noting things. He is recording uh, multiple frames. He's his uh, programming is able to grab all of these things at once and it, like make an impromptu multi-camera kind of uh, thing as it's uh, going live. But Trev is like, it is important that we have an exciting slug blasting adventure. Hmm. Something exciting needs to happen. That's how you get the views. <laughs> and and so like he's currently uh, just making his way towards the bubble. Just he 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 doesn't mind acting like the 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 camera. He he mm. d- doesn't necessarily participate in the tricks, but he is uh, going towards the bubble. Coming up with, I try to go through different ideas that might be exciting. Running through different uh, uh, scenarios. scenarios and what might be a possible. What kind of problems can Dave give to Lena before they even introduce any problems of their own? (laughs) (laughs) As Trev passes uh, near Maeve, uh, she feels the water get warmer, and for half a second has the like, "Ew, did Trev piss in the?" Wait. (laughs) Ah, uh, but this is the your rocket. Needs, yeah, yeah uh, it's just the rocket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just heating behind. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we have some uh, plays on the table here, and how I want to kind of lay this out is, uh, you know, your time here in Desneen right now is a little bit open ended. With an action roll, you can try and get some style for yourself and for your crew. You can try and get some components from this big coral moon. Or, you know, Trev 4 is streaming. Perhaps some of you are also streaming. There are definitely people who are watching and paying attention. Um, you could, if you wanted to, call out a faction to try and influence your standing with them. And then how well you roll depends on how that faction feels about you. <laughs> so, Helix and Maeve, we've got uh, some tricks uh, most immediately coming from you. Before we dive into this, Helix... Mm-hmm. Please roll a d6 and try not to roll a one, two, or three. Oh, I was hoping you forgot. A four. <laughs> Just barely scraping by without a slam, but it does mean your count goes up and things are getting a little more dire. I can't wait for whatever you have planned for this, and but I also hope I avoid it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, obviously, Liam, uh, I'm very concerned about that. Uh, Helix, not at all. Uh, so he's kicking away on his little flutterboard. He's approaching like a big bubble. I'm thinking this is like the size of, it is the perfect size to hoverboard in. It mm. is the width of yeah. a skateboard pool, but double. But turned into a but full dome. turned into a yeah. full, uh, full dorm. Full orb. Uh, but also, as Helix was uh, kicking over there, he starts thinking about how bubbles work. Uh, and you can't pierce 
a bubbles because he was talking about the surface tension and his plan to kick off the surface tension Mm -hmm. and he's like oh but if i break the surface tension by entering it i'm gonna just destroy this bubble Mm. that's not how bubbles work uh and so i think the big trick here isn't gonna be the sweet grabs and flips and spinning he does inside of this uh because i'm really confident this uh you, using the, the surface tension inside the bubble to kick off work. It's getting into the bubble without breaking the bubble. So I'd like to use the flicker switch. Uh, avoid a physical slam by marking one turbo. You blink out of existence for a second. What's it feel like? Uh, and I think in this case, I just don't want to... It's not that I'm avoiding a slam on me, Helix. I'm mm-hmm. avoiding slamming the bubble by swimming through it. <laughs> That's very considerate yeah. of you. So I will. I, he marks one turbo. I'll do a kick about it. Uh, and as he, you know, he's swimming, a just before he's about to breach the surface of the bubble, flicker switch, sort of just transcends existence for a moment, flickers out, uses some of the momentum he had from swimming, uh, and when he opens his eyes, he is floating in a gravityless bubble inside an infinite ocean, but he is currently surrounded by a sea of air. Yeah, I think that you're you're not necessarily floating inside the bubble like in the air i think what's happening here is like whatever weird pressure is like surrounding this bubble and keeping it intact and floating it keeping it floating in place is also kind of pulling on it okay so there is sort of a gravity in a sense in that you are pulled towards the wall of the bubble in any given direction oh great Excellent. That's uh, Mario Galaxy rules. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so he's inside. He kind of gets uh, the feeling for this. As he blinks back into existence, he sort of drops a little bit uh, and catches himself. As he's, you know, I, I don't know if he dropped up or dropped down, but he dropped towards the surface of the bubble. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of laying on his back, gets up onto his feet, puts his hand against the surface. Let, let me see if this, this is going to work. And he, like, can can pick himself up off the ground with his hands and elbows uh, mm-hmm. in the same way you would off the ground. Oh. Yeah, works. And the, the gravity seems to be putting me to the outside. Oh, hell yes. Uh, Trevor, are you streaming this? Indeed, I am. Oh, check it. Uh, and is going to uh, just get some speed, go all around the loop uh, of the bull, uh, and uh, just try to like g- do different kinds of manuals in an infinite loop. Um, so, like, nose manual, heel manual, on the side of the board. Uh, what have you? Change the shape of the board because it's a hard light board, uh, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna add any d6 to it. He's just gonna do cool <laughs> grinds and kicks. And, and this kicks. is a trick. This said. is a trick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I got a two. <laughs> <laughs> you got a two, and you tried to do a trick. And so I tried to do a trick. Problems are worse. I think what happens here, Helix, is you start uh, uh, hoverboarding around just to like sort of gain momentum and speed. Mm-hmm. You have asked Trev to focus his hyperoptic visor on you and stream this. And I think the first manual you pull, uh, maybe at this point your hoverboard isn't quite rounded off on the sides. It's more pointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you uh, do this nose manual and it just pierces through the bubble. Uh, and you just immediately get just like fully uh, <laughs> just wrecked yeah. by an explosion of water on all sides, just crashing down on an you. An implosion. Yeah, 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 an implosion. You're absolutely right. Uh, so, yeah, what the heck? We're we're early in this, but I think I'm gonna hit you with a slam of water imploded. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he's currently inside a bubble that's only because it broke into a bunch of smaller bubbles. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And he's yeah, stuck in a bubble the size, like just big enough for him, and he's all kind of crunched in now. He's like, oh, this should have worked better. I can't believe this. You know what? I love that offer so much that I'm going to make this the temporary slam of trapped in a bubble. Okay. So once this this little bubble that is like the size of a little bit smaller than you, uh, once this breaks, you will be free and this slam will clear. And yes, I am aware that you tried to do a trick and complications will be worse. And I'm just tucking that away in my back pocket for now. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> he, he tries to like get his elbows, you know, to break the thing. And he's, it's, he's just too tight. Someone's going to have to come and pop him out. And he just... Yep, yep. Maeve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is going well. And he's, and he's going slowly away because of the force of all the other bubbles popping. It's got a little bit of momentum. Yeah, you're slowly <laughs> yeah. being carried away Gravity-ing. from this field. <laughs> that was a fantastic trick. Fucks you, Trev. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't tell him that was a bad trick. <laughs> True empathy is lying to your friends. <laughs> Uh, so Maeve has been waiting to make her move here, um, and I, I don't even think she <laughs> registers that Helix is in trouble because she's just she's been scanning because uh, mm-hmm. she's looking for not just any particular uh, underwater current. She's looking for a very specific one uh, that is like known in Slug Blaster lore and like is is part of the reason that people will come to Desneen is to to try and ride this current and like it's uh you're you're trying to. Uh, set the high score you're trying to ride it as fast as you can and and sort of make this lap under the water of desneen as quickly as possible by riding this underwater current uh mm. this this current uh liam pitched me the joke of uh it's it's called the riley riptide nice. uh which was the name of lake's D character in a season one supplement episode <laughs> <laughs> um, but i love the idea that retroactively lake named her character after this popular yeah. slug blaster feature Very that we good. all knew about but just yeah. no one mentioned <laughs> um so yes uh, she is looking for the riley riptide because she knows that uh the current record holders for who can ride this thing the fastest is brb Ooh, uh, you okay. mentioned calling out other crews so i, I think sure did uh maybe doesn't want to necessarily like directly call them out but she knows that trev is streaming and she knows that if she can uh set a new record on this that that might get their attention sick uh and we've clashed with them before and and now that we're back uh reunited maves feeling like uh hot uh i was gonna say hot shit but uh what's my word for <laughs> she's feeling like hot scrod yeah <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, uh, is going to try to do this. Um, do I have to roll to find it or just roll to ride it? Uh, I think you find it. Let's roll to ride it. Fantastic. Ah, I love this. I, I will say that I think these currents are sometimes changing um, and not necessarily the easiest to predict. They kind of, some of them are very short-lived, some of them are very narrow, some of them go in very specific directions. I think what makes the Riley Riptide popular is that it's almost caught in a bit of the gravitational pull of the coral moon. It is massive, and it encircles this entire field, uh, which is uh, a big uh, loop like this is not something that you can typically find in these underwater currents. Yeah. So she finds this uh, riptide. Uh, I think she goes to make her move. She initially has her hoverboard, uh, kind of like Helix described, like she's she's lying flat on it and kind of kicking because um, it, it is essentially like uh, a little bit like surfing, right? Like 
there is still the, the hoverboards ride the space-time slush and the sort of fabric of the multiverse, which is still present down here, but we are also underwater, so you kind of have to, like, get yourself going before you can uh, pick up enough speed to sort of ride the wave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think she's, you know, also going to use the current to her advantage here. And I want to use my ability of Sacrifice Your Body, uh, take a slam uh, to get plus 2t6 to your action. This slam can't be noped or avoided in any way. You just got to actually take it, kid. Um my hope here is that she's she's taking a slam in her approach here and in, in her like getting going. Maybe she's like using some of those uh, chunks of of rock and coral that you described to sort of like kick off of and get her speed going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in amongst that, she's going to take a slam. But my my hope is that she just uh, completely plays it off like nothing's wrong. Like she knows she got hurt, but it looks cool because she is doing a trick. Sick. Trev is uh, going alongside of you, like outside the current, but trying to grab all of this. So like seeing you being pelted by these things and really getting going. Yeah. And, uh, and so is able to like also kind of float around you. So getting this like uh, swirling. Like a 360 of, degree. Uh, a little bit. View. I love that. Uh, so I am going to take those 2d6 from Sacrifice Your Body. I'm going to add another d6 from my attitude. And I am doing a trick. Check it. <laughs> Ooh. Two ones and two threes. Oh Good my Lord. god. Now you see, that's a fine steezy roll, but oof. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work if you're not the chill, though. <laughs> so what's my initial slam? And so, then... okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I was going to pitch. Mm-hmm. As you're sort of pushing off, um, you see a current that sort of moves like a mini horseshoe, and you feel like that would be a great way to get momentum. So you start by coming into it, but you're swimming against it, almost like drawing tension on like a slingshot or something. Ah. So I'm going to give you the uh, slam of uh, uh, strained. Because you strained yourself to swim against this current to basically slingshot you. You uh, swim and swim and swim, and then you sort of let go and position yourself on your board, and it flings you in this U-shape towards the riptide. Um, And you have found where it is. You've seen how it sort of moves around, but you made a crucial error. Somehow, you thought it was going in the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) And you just get fully smacked. Uh, You, like, try to enter at it from an angle that would shoot you forward. And instead, you just get, like, fully knocked back (laughs) and are just, like, caught in this riptide going fully the other direction. Oh, boy. (laughs) Do I take a slam from that as well? (laughs) It's so early to give you so many slams, but um, I mean, we can nope them. Yeah, uh, current crashed is your slam. Current crashed. We're early in the run. Uh, I've got a couple of slam boxes still free, but I feel like that's uh, that's going to be a nope from me. Lena, would you call that slam uh, impact uh, a bludgeoning or a, a crushing? It's an impact in a way. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to use my Dura Weave jacket to nope it for one treble. Sounds good. So as you hit that current at that angle uh, and it went completely the wrong way on you, you're tumbling in the current. That was a wild stunt that you just pulled there. (laughs) And then he mutes the feed to uh, people watching. He's like, 
that looked not good for the reactions. <laughs> we need to do better, team. <laughs> yeah, Trev, you're seeing the laugh reacts <laughs> come up. <laughs> if I had such a thing as shame, I would be filled with it. <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> Put the mic back on so I can commentate. Shame drive not found. <laughs> so... So Helix is in a bubble. Maeve's getting ripped in a current the wrong direction at full force. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you have to, Walt? Uh, I think Walt wants to help. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with um, Carcinican being so so happy as a clam, <laughs> in, happy as a crab, <laughs> happy as a crab in the uh, in the water here. I think. Uh, what wants to take advantage of that and have Carcina can go and try and round up these uh, adrift team members. <laughs> uh, Great. So I think I want to utilize the mobility boosters. Uh, roll to have your robot go really fast, carry a passenger or two, ditch the hoverboard and hop on. And the hope There's is, exactly two of us. Yeah, yeah. Is to send him on a big loop to go and, and uh, grab the two of them. Um, I'm assuming this sort of maneuver would take kick to get both of them, probably. Well, I think one kick should suffice. Oh, cool. So the chill starts with 2d6. Uh, I think I'll add a third one from the Robot Companions Turbo Pool. Uh, and then would also add a kick from the Turbo Pool. And would it be possible to use a, uh, a hype kick? Yes, you're saving Yeah, absolutely. Us. Okay. You're saving yeah. the crew. <laughs> yeah, I want that other kick on because I'm going to, uh, I want Walt to like, fashion his phone onto carcinican like a gopro <laughs> oh nice so so the recovery is is being filmed excellent is carcinican doing a trick <laughs> yeah, yeah you know we gotta, we gotta check it here as mave whips by uh she sees you going to make your move and is like save me second <laughs> get helix first that's a five. There we go. First success of the game. As well as two fours. All right. Let's get Carcinican to save your friends. Carcinican, buddy. Uh, looks like we might need some help. Oh, absolutely. On the double. Bubble blaster. <laughs> and he just starts firing off two jets of bubbles from his claws behind him. It's kind of like he's Naruto running, but he's a crab and he's in water. <laughs> I love this. And he's flying forward. And I think just as he's coming around the curve, we, we see in his first person perspective shot through the phone of the water rushing. And you can see this little bubble in the distance getting bigger and bigger as it's coming up close. Carcinigan's able to swing one claw around with a pincer out to pop the bubble and then hook the back of Helix's collar. Nice. Uh, and that sort of has to swing around because of this added weight to his uh, momentum. So now the camera's pointed at Helix. Uh, you can sort of see him being dragged along in the water as they're going toward, I guess, uh, further down the current to try and pinpoint a point where Maeve would be blown along to. And then with this momentum of the two of them, they come crashing through the current just in time to also snag Maeve uh, and I guess since he's got both claws on them, he can no longer propel himself that. So they're just kind of lazily drifting back toward the group now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is why Maeve wanted to be saved second, because, you know, we are the group now. You've, you've brought us all together. And Maeve's like, oh, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the save. That, uh, that, oh, knocked the wind out of me. But hey, listen, while we're all here, um, I think this is the Riley Riptide. And, and unless I'm mistaken, uh, yeah, this is, this is BRB's. Claim to fame. I think if we can ride this faster than they did, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get some serious clout. And I mean, I didn't do great on my first attempt, but now that we're all here, maybe we can make a, a team effort of it. 
Ah, an excellent idea, Maybelline. Thank you for mentioning it while I was streaming. <laughs> uh, right. I I wanted to do that. I I meant to say that because BRB, this is a this is a call out. We're calling you out. We're gonna beat your uh, your own game by uh taking the Riley Riptide faster than you can believe. Trev and Carcinikin, you're seeing the shocked emojis go up and people start tagging BRB relentlessly. Uh, Maeve is on her own phone. Uh, she's trying to navigate. I think the Lansden, you're saying that like each of us has gear based on our tower. Yeah. I think the Lansden version of like waterproofing your phone to go to Desneen is like extra cumbersome and weird. It's like each button is like individually like plastic wrapped and it's hard to... <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, it's, you know, yeah, it's a Lansden phone, not a lot of touch screens. No, no, it's buttons all buttons. and dials. Yeah. I think we said they were it's rotary a... at one oh, point. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you don't have a microfilm that you can just lay over it from a waterproof ooze? No, it's it's kind of like a, a big plastic bag that you put it in, and then it sort of vacuum seals around the whole thing. <laughs> Walt just uh, caught up swimming to catch up to the rest of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, in Kindred, uh, they just issue us several phones when you buy one, and this is the waterproof one. <laughs> it lacks a few other features, but it makes up for it by being waterproof. <sighs> oh, that's I a long that swim. You with Chris and again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all here. Yeah. New matters here. <laughs> Still rolling, buddy? Absolutely, Walton. Um, anyway, she's got her, uh, waterproof phone out because she's, uh, quickly trying to search up on, on the multiversal internet what BRB's record is. And I think when she does pull that up, she's like, oh, oh, that's really fast. That's a very small number of seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> like, all right, I've already done the call out. Uh, gang, I, I think we're going to have to put everything into this if we're going to not make complete snards of ourselves. So, um, yeah, uh. Let's let's uh, let's pull it together. Trev, you rolling? Indeed, I am. All right. Uh, is is this the stretch of the riptide that they go on, or uh, I think you just got to make one full rotation. So it's a loop. Pick, oh, pick a spot, and and we got to make it back to that spot. And Trev, you be ready to start the timer. Uh, uh. <laughs> that that coral ridge over there looks like as good a finish line as any. Right? Works for me. I think that works very well. There's like sort of a a, a like. Because it's not ground for coral to be growing up from, but no. there's sort of like a long snaking stretch of coral. I'm almost thinking like an Empyrean where everything's like a big free floating loop. Oh, and it kind of makes a loop around the ring of the of the like the current is ripping through a hole in the coral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and that's that's the the starting point. That's very cool. I'm very much thinking like asteroid field, but yeah. I love the idea that there's like ribbons and like yeah circles of like coral and rock that's great trev mutes his mic once again and is just like it, it does seem that we need to make sure that uh this is very exciting we've had a couple of embarrassing situations but i think i have an idea that could make this uh, uh really good so let's get us ready right by the start line and then i have an idea you trev's wanna... just the producer of this <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to run that by idea by us First, uh, uh, there's no time. We're already streaming, and I already called them out. Okay, um, yeah, I trust you, buddy. You got it. Kick, kick, uh, and kick, kick, I go kick, kick. Uh, start heading. Uh, you know, I assume we are all kind of heading towards where the start line is mm -hmm. at the uh, reef. I just need to find the perfect uh, place to set up uh, for the camera angle, and I like go up near, uh, kind of a top of one of the corals. And then um, I'm thinking that uh, uh, with my euphorophil, uh, I'm going to offer this. 
I can can I spend one of your bites? What? What? Can I spend one of your bites? No. If you are introducing a problem, Dave, you're giving me that for free. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, I want this to add style. Uh, this is kind of like uh, my way of adding, uh, like, check it. Uh, I'm uh, As we're setting up, I want to uh, uh, take my euphorophil and uh, kind of squirt it into the water. You're just trying to dye the current? Uh, not dye the current. Instead, uh, uh, I, I, I'm hoping that it will draw out uh, one of the famous uh, creatures. Oh, of I the got corals. one. Uh, you have a creature? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a few. Okay, great. Uh, I'm hoping uh, for so many of the different creatures that would be in the coral that would be like dr- kind of driven uh, into euphoria with this that they would come and chase us through the uh, uh, on, on the current. So we would have like... (laughs) I feel like this is now a good time to remind you all that I have three problems on the table that I have not yet paid off, (laughs) and Dave has just given me a fourth. Sweet. (laughs) And what what are you getting out of this transaction, Dave? If if I may, I believe believe he's trying to uh, drug a sea creature into chasing us. Yeah. But like, so you've given to Lena negative <laughs> consequences. What what are we getting that's positive out of this arrangement? More, more uh, style, which would uh, more style. We don't have to do uh, uh, tricks, maybe as much. Like we can get. Uh, He's more making style. us all do a trick. Yeah, gotcha. we're forcing okay. everybody to do tricks. I sure. think I like this idea very much. It's just an ongoing trick. This is an ongoing trick. None of you need to say check it because <laughs> every roll that you make while in Riley Riptide will get you a style if you succeed, but any problem will be worse. Y'all have no choice. <laughs> there it is. And, and so the uh, your forefill goes uh, into the water and is just like, okay, it's been a good time to start right now, even if you're not ready, because frankly, it might be already too late. Bing! <laughs> and, off, and off Trev starts going and heading uh, into uh, the current to st- kick this thing off. Uh, as you do, Trev, um, y'all are sort of feeling the pressure of knowing that all these eyes are on you. You can't help but think about times like, for example, when you were in Lansden. And there was a lot of press and a lot of noise and a lot of flashing cameras. And then you realize that you're not actually making up the flashing cameras. There are a lot of flashing lights. And you uh, look around the riptide and sort of floating in the spaces between, uh, you're noticing that there are there is a huge swarm of jellyfish oh. that are occasionally just lighting up with... Uh, electric energy uh, creating this camera flashing sort of simulation so there is uh, like a good half of the track that is just like surrounded by these jellyfish oh no (laughs) what have we gotten ourselves into I feel like it might be prudent to set up a progress track here to represent the various legs of this circuit that you are taking Mm -hmm. let's make it uh, seven marks, Riptide. <laughs> Once Riptide is fully marked, you will have made it all the way around the loop, and you have called out a very specific faction, uh, <laughs> BRB, which I don't know if you realize what you've done. That's three letters, baby. <laughs> That's your danger track. 
every action is going to mark a spot on the danger track. So if you can clear Riptide in three actions or less, you will beat BRB's time. <laughs> uh, I believe we can do it. Tough but fair. All right. Who's going for it? Maeve has already fucked up this maneuver once. <laughs> so I think kind of looks to the two of you for leadership. Like, if, if either of you has a play, uh, I, I can I can hang back. <laughs> I could also potentially do one of the rolls. I haven't rolled yet. That's true, yeah. And uh, I was thinking, because this is such a major thing, I gotta, I, I, I really want to go big on this. So I'm going to put uh, two kick on this, and I'm going to use middle finger. Ah. <laughs> Just immediately, because that's the big uh, immediate, like uh, it's a, a wonderful opening shot. We're starting off nice and strong. <laughs> Once per run, automatically get a six on any action. No roll required. Add up to two kick. Nothing can stand in your way. <laughs> and I'll take that style. So there you go. <laughs> Everything is a trick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love this because it, it, it does make sense. You know, strong start and we got the resource. Why not use it? It does mean that now when it comes time to the, like the critical third roll, we don't have middle finger to clinch it for us anymore. <laughs> no. No, love it. And it keeps the three of us kind of doing yeah. the, yeah, that's that's great. Great offer. So, so with two kick, uh, that means it would be R.I.P., right? Uh, yes, R.I.P. to R.I.P. You have <laughs> T.I.D.E. left. As uh, Trev, uh, describe how you lead Gold Star Disaster through the first, like, third of this circuit. Sure. Uh, so, as I said, after the shooting the Euphorophil, and I'm turning myself into, a, like, a little bit of a rocket, right? Like, that's when I fold my knees up, This I'm like a little uh, humanoid bullet. And, yeah. uh, and I'm uh, whipping down, joining into the uh, current. You, these jellyfish are going off and uh, sparking in behind me. That's like that's what it looks like behind me. As I'm also capturing them following me. So mm. they're also in the shot uh, with uh, the, the jellyfish following in behind. Uh, looks pretty slick. I'm able to like uh, predict where the current is going with mm. uh, you know, with my lenses and everything, so I'm able to bank uh, where I need to turn. You're like riding the inside of corners, yeah. but in 360 degrees. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So you're basically like leading the way, and everyone can follow you in such a way that they go real quick through the first circuit. That's correct. Yes. Love it. Okay, I love this action. I love what you have done. And speaking of what you have done, <laughs> I want to introduce the other side of it. Uh-huh. Um, all of you start hearing uh, even more of a current rush and you don't see flashing lights anymore uh, you see a, uh, a sort of silhouette, a weirdly misshapen silhouette um, huge with pointed fins uh, and a tail that looks like uh, an inactive propeller uh, swishing it forward with incredible speed. It curves around through this riptide following the scent of Trev 4's euphorophil. The jellyfish spark lighting up the frame of the hammer bottle shark 
It is called that because its head represents an awful mishmash between a hammer and a bottle. Where are its eyes? You don't know. Where is its mouth? Most of its head. And it is swimming so fast towards you. (laughs) I can't picture this, but I love it. I think that means it's working. Yeah. It is pretty hard to comprehend uh, for your character. Yeah, but yes, yeah. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting like a bottlenose dolphin and a hammerhead shark. Yeah, yeah. Both of those. Okay. Yeah, just, just <laughs> whatever that means together. Whatever that means to you, like Play-Doh <laughs> that hasn't quite been smoothed out properly. <laughs> yeah, Helix can take the next leg of this uh, this race. Uh, he's going to take what he learned earlier about the gravity within bubbles uh, and apply it to a propulsion mechanic that he's been uh, contemplating uh, as he's been riding the riptide. Uh, so as they they come around the next chunk of the circuit, initiate energy lattice, y-axis, wings. Uh, and he he's up on his hard light board like a surfboard. It's kind of, sh- I always describe it, can change its shape to any kind of board-shaped vessel. He's got it yep. surfboard style. Uh, and then as he says this, like airplane wings uh, sort of kick out the side of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not for any kind of lift or Bernoulli's principal reason. It's to pop some bubbles that are just outside of the uh, current that are mm. just sort of floating. He wants to pop one because, as he learned from last time, they have sort of a uh, an implosion force that then lets out a ripple. It's how his bubble kind of went drifting off. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. He, yeah, he wants to pop two bubbles as sort of like a speed boost, like in a racing game. <laughs> <laughs> You drive over the thing, so he's going to pop, pop two bubbles just outside the, the circuit uh, and hopefully get some momentum off of those imploding and and releasing all of their potential gravity. I love that offer. Let's get a roll. So I'm going to add a kick from my turbo and a D6 from my attitude. Please let us give you D6s. Okay. Yeah, I, we got to we gotta win this. We got to sure. get every roll needs to be a success. Uh, Maeve's going to give you one from her photonic jacket. Um, cause I have the hard light upscaling where I can augment my jacket with hard light ornaments. Uh, so she's just, she's programmed wings recently. I think we did it on the very last run. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you're dialing this in, she's like, Ooh, great idea. But here, do, 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 do. And like kind of rudely interjects and is like, no, make them, make them wider and, and more angular or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but in that way is helping you and giving you a D6 from sure. her jacket. Yeah. Uh, and take one from the crew as well. Take one from me too. All right, that sounds like five. One from me, so one that I roll with, one from me, one from the crew, one from Trev, one from Maeve. Yeah. yeah. A four. A four was the <laughs> highest. A mixed success is a success. A mixed success is absolutely a success. Two marks on the progress track, one mark on the danger track. Uh, a style for Liam. A style for Liam, for Helix. For Helix. And uh, describe this move. Yeah, wings out bubble pop uh, and we get kicked up with a a burst of speed uh, and we're going super fast we're going faster than we were uh, like I described just like a a speed pad in a racing rig game uh, at the arcade let's go (laughs) nothing can go wrong (laughs) (laughs) oh boy Uh, fantastic uh, you did get a style. You did roll a mixed success. I think for your problem that you rolled with your mixed success, you're moving rapidly through the jellyfish uh, populated mm. part. 
of this circuit and um, where you may have been able to follow Trev 4's navigation and make it through without incident, the popping of the bubbles does throw off your trajectory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not enough to, you know, throw you out of the current or drastically impact your time or anything like that, uh, but enough to uh, hit all of you with some shocked slams. Nope. Not today, jellyfish. Uh, and those wings that he had made, uh, he sort of wobbles his board kind of left to right to bat away the jellyfish that would otherwise uh, hit him. Maeve's going to take this one because uh, that'll give me a style for uh, taking a slam because I'm the grit. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take my shock slam. Trev is sensing this shockwave uh, coming and is able to like calculate and, and able to work with it in amongst it and also going with the nope because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mark to trouble. Yeah. It's also going to nope it, uh, but because of the knockoff scram cat tea that I have in my gear, I can avoid slams from lasers and other electromagnetic energy for one trouble. Sounds good. You nope for only one trouble. And as you are rocketing towards the finish line, uh, uh, racing through these jellyfish that are uh, stinging you with their electric shocks, um, this hammer bottle shark hot on your heels, I am going to introduce the third problem that has been stewing in my head. Uh, it looked like a shadow, easy to ignore, long and thin. You fools. As you approach the finish line, which is where you started, you see this little shadow, long and thin, start to expand and balloon out, and you see these tiny, tiny little, almost googly-looking eyes, (laughs) and it starts opening the mouth that, think like horrible (laughs) (laughs) Pac-Man. And it is opening wide, and uh, your trajectory on this riptide is going to shoot you straight into the mouth of a giant gulper eel. That's just a real life thing. That is a real life thing. I was like, what's going to turn this from a real life thing into uh, The fact that it's really big is the answer. They're pretty big. My inspiration lookup was deep sea creatures and I changed very little. Oh no, I just googled gulper eel. I didn't like it. No thank you. How have I never heard of this sea creature before? This is horrifying, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> it's more mouth than anything. Yes, it is. It's all then, mouth. Then it also like folds completely up to nothing. Just looks like a little, a little serpent boy. Shh, yep. oh, I've said yep. it before and I'll say it again. We need to burn the ocean down. <laughs> <laughs> nothing good comes out of there. Burn it to the ground. Bold stance by Liam on that one. Yeah. You look like you've got to play. Yeah. So, Lena, let me get this straight. This gulper eel is mouth agape directly on the finish line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, as soon as you uh, finish the race, you're eel food. You're in the eel. Yeah, you're inside the eel. That shouldn't be an issue. Okay. Okay. Um. (laughs) I love GMing. I love GMing. 
Um, yeah, I think at this point with everything we've been doing within the current to gain speed, the bubble bursting, everything like that, I think at this point, Gold Star Disaster is already going at top speeds here, like well enough to, to cross the line for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue would be where we stop. But I think what Walt wants to do with this is utilize Carcinican to create a field of drastically reduced momentum just inside the gulper eel past the line. So as soon as we get in there, we'll immediately screech to a halt and we can try and make a hasty exit out of the gulper eel's mouth. That might be another action, but we'll at least be stopped and it won't be swallowing us. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I will let you roll to go directly into the eel's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Just checking how many problems are still lingering on the table. I You've used them the all, right? Okay, okay. I think that was then the I'm last right one. I have all the bite in the world, but uh, yes, all the problems yeah. that you racked up for me, I have spent. <laughs> this thing gulps, it doesn't bite. <laughs> how many kick do we got to mark? One. All right. You want some D6s? So with chill, I always start rolling two. I think I will add two more D6s from my turbo pools. So that takes me up to four D6. Maeve's giving you one. Does Maeve have a kick to spare? Yeah. Okay. Giving you a D6 and a kick. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's all from the jacket. I can I can roll for this if I have to, but I, I imagine I'm using my uh, Flash Patterns ability to just sort of hold the other monsters that are on our tail at bay, <laughs> the, the shark and the jellyfish that are all around us. Or if you give Flash Pattern and, like, draw the shark in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is what you want? Uh, yes. Because, <laughs> like, if we are adding... Okay, so I'm adding... Because uh, uh, at this... Okay, so at this point, I'm up to 5d6. Yeah. Uh, and Maeve has given me a kick, which will finish marking the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to add one of my own kick for an additional effect, if possible. Ooh, you're pulling Elena move. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'll be rolling 5d6 with two kick. That is two sixes and two threes. Mark three style, Michael. <laughs> And with the first six of this run, (laughs) describe how you soar into this eel's mouth and then what happens after. Uh, I think throughout this, Carcinogen has been in a very familiar position uh, being a backpack on Wolt because it's the most compact and aerodynamic place to be. Sorry, Mm. hydrodynamic place to be. Thank you. But with this, uh, Wolt's going to reach an arm forward and sort of sling Carcinogen forward and kind of launching him off it. It's very much like the dual discs in season one of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, <laughs> so specific. Yeah. yeah. Well, the season two ones just kind of sit there. They're called discs, but they're not discs anymore. So uh, mm-hmm. curse you, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but with this, he's going to launch him forward. And as Carcinikin's propelling just ahead of them, uh, he is going to data surge. Uh, Carcinikin, data surge to... Cyphoskin. Yes. Who is, again, the giant tan... Uh, horseshoe crab Uh, but as he grows and grows in size he kind of launches forward and takes up pretty much the entirety of the width of this current canal and that's so much surface area to be pushed forward further by the force of the current and he goes forward into the gaping maw of this gulper eel Mm -hmm. and enacts the inertial vortex uh, by calling out 
ballast blitz. <laughs> <laughs> and just a huge emanation erupts around him in almost another large sphere. It almost feels similar to that bubble that Helix was in earlier, just emanating out directly around him. And that causes, uh, I guess I'll read out Inertial Vortex, roll to subtract momentum from a room-sized area around you, slowing nearby enemies and objects. So this fully slows the Gulper Eel, keeping it from closing its mouth. And as soon as all of us come rocketing over the finish line, Gold Star Disaster is also frozen in place. And because of that kick earlier, we get to then turn around and scuttle out of it. <laughs> nice. Uh, can, can I offer that maybe Xyphos can like scoops you all out? Yes. And yeah. sort of he is the one who takes us around. But otherwise, yeah, we are racing into this giant maw and we're inside and you can sort of see the, the expansion of the ribs around as we're seeing the inside of this thing and like whatever little sea light is sort of filtering through its very thin skin into the mouth. It's very gross. Anytime you're in like a cartoon whale, it looks like that. This stream is fire. <laughs> Maeve has been firing off her flash patterns the entire time. I think she is attempting to like hold the jellyfish and the shark at bay and maybe it's working on the jellyfish. It's dazing them and keeping them out of our path. Uh, but the shark, it just, it, uh, contrary to Maeve's uh, intentions, it, it enrages the shark and the shark is hot on our <laughs> heels following faster than before. Uh, but as we hit this inertial wall and we peel off to either side, uh, Xyphos Kin sort of scoops us up out of the way. Uh, and this shark is rocketing straight into the eel's mouth. <laughs> and we just like, we launch a shark all the way down the length of the eel. <laughs> uh, the eel kind of like folds up again around the shark and now it looks like a nega shark. <laughs> and they kind of like tussle and swim away. <laughs> cartoon dust cloud fight but it's an eel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that thing in a cartoon when something death. gets eaten by a snake and yeah. then the snake just the exactly. belly has yeah, an outline that's exactly what it is, that's exactly what it is. Oh the my eel God. goes mmm <laughs> <laughs> oh wow I can't I can't believe we pulled that off. Team amazing. Gold star disaster. Well, BRB, uh, let's see if you can pull that off without getting swallowed by a gulper eel. <laughs> what was our final time? It seemed like we were going so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trev, did you hit the button? What did, what did we clock in at? We beat BRB's record by four whole seconds. Oh, oh, Plesta. Oh, incredible. BRB, your move. <laughs> uh, I'll give you this. You can take either a free opportunity roll or a challenge roll where you can spend extra trouble. So I'm assuming this is something we'd roll at the end of the run during downtime. Can we wait to see how the rest of the run goes and how much trouble we've racked up before we make this this massive decision? Ooh. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, op opportunity? Sounds good. Carpe this DM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Opportunity yeah. knocks. All we'll right. Keep it waiting. At the end of downtime of this run, you are going to roll an opportunity. Great job, team. Woo. Right on, we did it. This was a fantastic slug blasting adventure. We're not even done. This was just the this was just the icing. This was the the tricks, the stunts, the fun. We still have a whole floating garbage patch of components to harvest. Yeah. Well, can we try and find a 
an air bubble to take a break in or something, I could really go for a death stick. <laughs> <laughs> an underwater death stick? That's why I need the air bubble. Uh, all of you are um, <laughs> gathering back together after having uh, whipped really fast, by the way, yeah. uh, in a wide loop around this reef. So, like, you know, there was a lot of, like, momentum and gravity pulling at you and things whipping by you and you were getting shocked and stuff. It was a lot. Um, and you're you're back out of the current and just sort of, like, in the water and, like, chill. And anyone who's been streaming, Trev, Karsinikin, anybody else, um, people are losing their minds. Uh, they are loving it. Should we, should we cut the stream, leave them wanting more? I think that's a good idea. Decent spot. That's us focus on the more basic dredge work. All right. And well, we, we should to... show everyone where our sweet stash of components are. That's true. That's true. Well, we should we should sign off and say something really cool and charismatic. Who who, who amongst us has has the most kind of like edgy in your face attitude and and charismatic charm to end a stream off? Don't worry, I have it. <laughs> Until next time. Have your boners ready to be blown away by Gold Star Disaster. <laughs> and Maeve goes to like try and save face, but the stream is on like the feed is cut. Like, well, it ended on that. Okay. I'm not sure what a boner is. I heard it one time on null uh, programming. <laughs> See, this, this is why AI doesn't work. It's just garbage in, garbage out. It's only it's only learning off of the information we give it, and the information we give it is biased with our own uh, dick and fart jokes. <laughs> Do we have to start using the hashtag boner blowers now? <laughs> no. No, we don't. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, your stream has ended, it is entirely successful, and uh, the four of you turn your attention to the coral moon to start harvesting components. Suddenly, the schools of fish and swarms of sea bugs scatter, swimming rapidly in all directions away from you. For an eerie moment, all that surrounds you are the floating reefs. No jellyfish, no sharks. Then, in the distance, black figures begin to materialize. They move quickly with powerful back fins, eight in total, swimming in formation. At first, they look like fish. Then, as they draw closer, you can't help but wonder if they're some sort of fish-person hybrid. If only there was a name for <laughs> the top half of a person and the bottom half of a fish. They swim to a stop in front of you and their form becomes clear. Five of them are robotic. As they draw to a stop, metallic tentacles unfold from their sleek, hydrodynamic shapes, making them look more like octopi. Three of them appear to be people in advanced deep-sea suits. Their fins split to reveal their legs as they tread water in front of you. Barely noticeable, almost the same color as the suits, but slightly more metallic, is a sleek, curvy M logo. A voice speaks through a loudspeaker, the sound waves carrying through the water. Attention, you have been found to be in possession of unauthorized negafriction coils. In accordance with the Sustainable Resources Initiatives overseen by MIPER, you are required to surrender your unauthorized negafriction immediately for registration.
there, Gold Star listeners. It's Milena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. If you've been enjoying Quantum Kickflip, please tell friends, please leave a review, pick up your own copy of Slug Blaster at slugblaster.com and start your own game. I don't know if you can tell from listening to our podcast, but it's a really fun game to play. You can also support us by following us at Quantum Kickflip on social media, where we post new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon. For just $2 a month, you can join the Shredder tier and get access to all new episodes of Quantum Kickflip two days early, or for $5 a month, you can join the Ultranaut tier and get early access plus exclusive bonus content. And there is seriously some great stuff on our Patreon. We've got bonus games, we've got interviews, we've got behind-the-scenes deep dives, we've got so many outtakes. Check it out at patreon.com slash quantumkickflip. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. To learn more, head to amaas.ca. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the continuation of the Desneen run on Wednesday, January 24th. Let's get you back to the action! Gold Star Disaster, you have just completed your circuit of Riley Riptide beating out BRB's best time. And at the height of your victory, you have been visited by eight figures with deep sea suits emblazoned with an M logo and with M logos on the bodies of the five robots. They have just told you to surrender your unauthorized friction coils. What do you do? Sorry, was this a no-smoking reef? I can take it somewhere else. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, salutations. Uh, as I'm sure you can understand, you've certainly caught us off guard. Um, may we have a sidebar for a moment? A sidebar? We're clearly not going anywhere. We're suspended in a zero-gravity infinite ocean. I, we literally couldn't run if we wanted to. May we just converse briefly? Two of the uh, uh, human divers sort of look at each other and kind of shrug. Uh, and the third one is making a, like, almost like a, a wrap-it-up motion, like pointing in various directions. And, and the five robots uh, uh, are going to, like move out and basically surround you um, in as many directions as they can all around and up and down as many as five can um, so yes you can have your sidebar they will take that opportunity to fully surround you if we want to cheese it we cheese it now but I just that was my move was like uh uh yeah I, I don't think we have that moment to plan I think Maeve uh, grabs Walt's hand with one hand Helix's hand with another hand and Trev's hand with a third hand. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, oh, is it still Xyphos Kid or has he reverted <laughs> back down? I think he's still big. He's still big. He's still, he's still big. a big bus. <laughs> Fair. Uh, well, then she doesn't grab Xyphos Kid's hand because him too big. <laughs> uh, but she's like, we gotta move. Uh, and takes off, uh, I, I guess using, uh, 
her board and whatever other resources at our disposal to like we, we gotta we gotta split we gotta lose these guys because uh, they're gonna take our cool gear and we can't lose that can Walt shoot a robot <laughs> ooh Walt can shoot a robot yes this is slug blaster let's go shoot a robot <laughs> uh Maeve has a play too but uh, you you can shoot a robot first <laughs> I'll shoot a robot just rolling two uh yep <laughs> all right it's a six. <laughs> All right, we'll pass on the horseshoes to everyone else. Go ahead and shoot no, he's a robot. a horseshoe crab. He's oh, sorry. Uh, I think Walt, seeing that the five robots are sort of, you said they're kind of octopode-legged. Yeah. Uh, they're sort of circling around. He aims for one that's sort of toward the edge. Like, at least try, if he can take one out, that gives us a hole through the net they're kind of forming with their tentacles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think still holding one of Maeve's hands, he kind of mm-hmm. gives it a squeeze and he flips one of his silver bangles around, uh, which becomes one of his twin zero beams and he fires off a blast. Uh, and as I've described it before, it's almost kind of like a glob of mercury firing out. So it's not like a laser that would have difficulty in the water. It is still like a slug of something being fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suppose it's a six. I, I think it just like domes one of these guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, You fully incapacitate this robot. I think because there's no, like, down for it to go down to, it's, it kind of crumples and then it's sort of pushed the direction of your twin zero slug. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it, like, knocks its head back and it keeps, like, spinning backward. Uh, Okay, so sounds like our next play is going to be one to get out of here. Yeah, seeing this uh, this shot go off, uh, Maeve sees their window. Uh, she's gonna, like I say, kick forward with the with her hoverboard and and hoping that we can all kind of make an exit. Maybe Trev's rocket knees come into play in in like boosting us forward. Uh, but at the same time, I want to uh, Mark One Turbo to use the concept prism and temporarily split myself into three D six colorful instances of myself. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if I mark a, a kick. Can I fold in the ambience panel ability, which allows me to freely program non-realistic translucent graphics within 10 feet of me? Basically, just using these two I- abilities in combination to make not just a bunch of maves, but a bunch of gold star disasters. Um, just just Ooh. various copies of all of us running around. I'm going to mark a kick to do it. Like The ambience panel is a free thing, but it's it's limited to 10 feet from me. Uh, whereas the concept prism, so I'm marking two turbo, I guess. Right. That would be, it's creating images within 10 feet of each copy. Oh, I guess. Yeah. So I make a bunch of maves, but then each mave is making a bunch of helixes, trevs, and waltz. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but I like that. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I think, um, th- there are going to be a lot of ramifications to this either way, uh, I think. So... Your standard concept prism where you make a bunch of maves, I think I will allow with the turbo Mm -hmm. to get instances of everyone else. I think that's where I want a roll. Yeah, okay. And that just kind of is how well it goes for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. And I think at this point, I will once again set up a progress track and a danger track for you. This one robot gets knocked out, and immediately the remaining seven all go on the offensive. Uh, The three uh, uh, people 
draw weapons and start leveling them towards you, and the robots begin moving rapidly in your direction. Your progress track is escape, do what you want to do, take them out, cheese it, whatever the case may be, but once this progress track is fully marked, you are out of danger. Okay. The danger track is coil. If it is fully marked, they incapacitate you and get your nega friction. I have marked a kick on my jacket. I'm going to roll my 3d6 to see how many maves are running around. We got 12. All right. So many maves. Uh, and then it's a roll for this maneuver to sort of expand them out into the rest of us, yeah? Yeah. Uh, thoroughly confusing your adversaries. So for that, I'm going to mark uh, 2d6 from my attitude. Should I throw in a hype die? Do we have any left? I think you don't have kick, but you have two hype dice left. Probably if you wanted to throw the remaining two. I already threw two off my jacket. That's giving me four. Oh. We could save one for if this goes poorly and we need, need an out. Rolling 4d6 has never talk, gone right? wrong. What, what, what does everyone else say? Take both hype dice or just one? Uh, save a hype. I think we should probably save, a hype. save it to run okay. it. Yeah. Rolling 4d6. There are two sixes in there, baby. Let's go. All right. Let's see how many of everyone we get. Yeah, so I think Maeve is also like, I, I've always described it as like she programs stuff into sort of the cuff of her jacket, of her sleeve. That's where like the controls for all of this hard light stuff is. Um, but I think she's also kind of like got another sleeve rolled up and she's like re-patching wires into different ports to sort of uh, route these two abilities. Like working the ambience panel with the concept prism is not normally a thing that is done in conjunction, but she's trying mm -hmm. to like hotwire them together on the fly underwater also. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a lot, um, but she manages to to make the connection. She thinks it's going to work and she, and she, you know, hits the button to initialize this and instantaneously bursting out from all sides for our 12 uh, jewel-toned maves, and then there's, there's one explosion of maves, and then from each mave, there's another explosion of all the other crew members. <laughs> um, so it's this, like, ripple effect where there's, like, suddenly, doing the math here, there's four of us, so there's 12, so that's 48 people. 52, including your originals. Plus us, yeah. <laughs> so we go from four people that they're trying to surround to a crowd of 52. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess. <laughs> and Maeve just yells to all these copies, scatter! <laughs> it is absolute pandemonium. <laughs> I, I think the four of you are having difficulty keeping track of who's you and who's not. Uh, or like, you know, who is actually your teammate and who is just a copy of a copy of a copy of your teammate. Yeah. Um, I don't believe you marked any kick. So I think the fact that it's pandemonium for uh, both Miper and you is why only one spot is being marked on the progress track here. <laughs> um, and these guys uh, snap into action. Uh, one of them uh, just grabs a Walt, uh, the robot, and just sort of like wraps its tentacles around it and then like starts kind of poking it and then squeezes until he just kind of like, boop, it just disappears into uh, a glitched out datamosh. Um, another one 
fires what looks like uh, a t-shirt cannon uh, and like a little round orb shoots out and hits a Trev 4 and expands and locks Trev 4 in a Trev 4 copy in a bubble. Um, Another one shoots a helix with like what looks like glowing silly string, but then it connects with helix, uh, this copy of helix, this indigo copy, uh, and just like ripples through electric current style, not like boop, also disappears in Datamosh. Uh, it's it's a it's a madhouse. Who's next? Uh, yeah, I love this. I if I can also <laughs> offer um, a big cluster of fifty some odd things in in a pile. Yeah, in a, in a cluster. It, can can we kind of move like a school of fish, where yes. it's just like one yes. big flowing sort of <laughs> mass that goes in one general direction, and the whole reason fish do that is so that predators are gonna take a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Someone on the edge is gonna get eaten. That's just a fact. And so we, amazing, love that offer. I, Maeve, I, I I get you don't want to submit to authority, but we we could have harvested all of the coils and gems and things that we were about to give up to these guys from over there, where it's a little, was a lateral move at best. They don't want our our normal components. They want the nega friction coils, the the ones we found in Vestige. We're not we're not finding any more of those. But that uh, was a one in a million. So these are like better than regular coils. Yeah, man, they unlocked a whole mod on your device. <laughs> oh, I guess then. Maybe it can be used to. All right, and the the thing Helix, the mod Helix used when he got this, yeah, uh, is the photon exciter. Roll to damage things you grind, slide, ollie over, or just smack with your board. Oh yeah. Um, and I think he's gonna be like he had just kind of been using it like a normal coil. Yeah. Um, because if you also recall, the day you guys found those, he found his own one regular coil that he was yeah, very he's proud always of. Always thought that the negative friction <laughs> coils are kind of the so same. He kind of didn't <laughs> click in now how powerful this was, so he's gonna jack it up. And then, uh, Michael, you said something earlier about like lasers underwater. Yeah. Lasers don't work underwater. Can you explain why? Not to put you on the spot, but well, like... Well, not necessarily that they don't work, but just the notion of like the energy of a lot of things based on friction generating heat and stuff like that. Under the water, there's there are more particulate in the water and it dissipates faster. So stuff would... Lasers would burn out and fizzle in water. Okay. So based on Michael's half description there and the <laughs> fact that uh, this is the photon exciter and I Googled photons just to make sure I knew what they were. And the picture of the Wikipedia article for photons show it going through water <laughs> and <laughs> refracting like a prism, like the Pink Floyd cover. Oh, yeah. Uh, so okay. the fact that he's going to use it at its full potential and we're underwater where it's going to dissipate it wide. <laughs> uh, he's going to photon exciter like shotgun blast wide backwards <laughs> at as many targets as he can uh, a bunch of excited light photons through the water Just like a ra- rapidly superheat water yeah oh, yeah man. so so uh, good but it would have been maybe more pointed if he had done it at normal capacity but we're underwater he, he's jack there's know, a spread yeah over, right, he's there's a crazy spread on this blast so i'm gonna add a kick from the turbo I'm going to add uh, a kick from the attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two kick, um, one d six, but I'll double dare about it. Ooh! Uh, oh. Instead of taking a dare, you can mark two trouble for two d six or two kicks. So the kicks are coming from me. The d sixes are coming from double dare. So that's I rolling with it. three. Yeah, rolling with three and two kick. Is this a trick? Uh no. Uh, yes, yes. So, oh, I was about to say yes, someone's yes. learned his lesson, but no, that's the uh, please, please. Is it a oh. trick? <laughs> yeah, no. He he. Uh, like like you said, he was a little annoyed that 
he still is kind of wanted to see if we could talk this out because um, we're, we're he was really excited to go harvest those components. He found them, and he's you know what I'm fine. Discovering Helix has an arc where he wants to be the one to find the treasure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I will unearth it, and I will get oh me. Uh, here we go. Initiate photon exciter. It's gonna be a wide blast. Get up, get behind me. A four. It's success. <laughs> okay, describe this blast. Uh, he's got his hard light board out in front of him. Uh, it's kind of going perpendicular to his body. So like the, you know, one end of it's in his left hand, one end of it's in his right hand. And he's actually going to snap the board towards him. And that crack is what creates the blast. Cause he's like exciting the, the light photons that formerly were hard light. And then just like a cone goes out from him of hot light excited water. Uh, amazing. You're definitely, because you marked, what was it, two kick? Two kick. So we've marked Eska. All we got is pay. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You've marked four out of six in your progress track. I think you basically carve out a fraction of this battlefield. There's maybe like a robot and a guy left. The the other two divers just get fully knocked by this blast and are like trying to pull themselves together and then also go and kind of like reboot the robots so that they're not just like junk in the water kind of thing. So they are pretty much entirely indisposed. There's only a couple guys for you to deal with. Uh, I think that this, you, you can't help it because it's such a wide radius and such a powerful blast. You catch quite a few sure. of your um, concept prism copies. Yeah. Uh, so you knock out probably like a quarter of them. Uh, most you yelled, get behind me, and they all act like you, Gold Star Disaster, would. Uh, uh, real Gold Star Disaster, I'm going to say you were behind Helix. Uh, uh, fake Gold Star Disasters took your word, but also it's a lot of people, and some of them weren't fast enough. Um, you say it's a, a higher percentage of Helixes because the rest of them act like the crew and are like, oh, Helix said, get behind me, get behind me. But the Helixes are like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? Yeah. Yeah, Helix Pinnacle. So, you said so you broke well. about. You said I destroyed about a quarter of them. They're all Helix. They're all <laughs> Helix ones. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one. Oh my god. Um, and what I think is going to happen is because you carve out such a big chunk mm-hmm. of this a big wedge of people you are a pretty clear target it's obvious that this attack came from you and you also just said you knocked out all of the helixes yeah. so there's no chance that they get a wrong helix <laughs> and uh the one remaining guy levels his gun and fires a silly string at you it is going to get you for a zapped slam Ooh, I took the two trouble for double dare. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this slam. Uh, so like I, I would assume it, like because Helix was very obviously like holding the board, that, that just made it very clear for the person to like aim at him. Exactly. And like Trev noticing this, I'm probably not that far away because we're kind of close. I like uh swoop around and like grab him and like tackle him I suppose in a, in a sense and like get him out of the way mm. so I'm going to take that as uh, I'll, I'll nope that for him using team player 
Uh, yes, team player. Uh, I mean, well, what you anyone can nope slams for anyone, but as team player, yes. you mark a style yes. when you nope a slam for someone else. So you're marking two trouble, one style. In Helix, you still have a free slam box. Good catch, Trev. And that does also mark one spot on our danger track, right? We are at Sea of Coil. It does. There are three spots left on the danger track. I think with that, he he once Helix is into a safe spot, uh, I start curving around and start winding back to that guy who had the gun. Mm-hmm. So I'm heading towards him. I'm going to do a tackle, do my roll, and then you can interrupt me if I roll bad. Okay. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to uh, use a kick from uh, my visor uh, in order to do this. Uh, I'm going to use a D6 from my turbo and my attitude. So I'm up to 3D6 now. Yeah. Let's see what the... I got a six in there. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm swooping around and I'm I'm going for the guy who had the gun and maybe he's pointing it at me. I go grab it out of his hands, maybe even kind of throw him off to the side a little bit. Uh, take uh, that gun and mm. point it straight at the other robot <gasps> and fire it. <laughs> And then uh, uh, crush the gun in my hand. All right, team, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Whoa, language for. I unlocked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, yes, this does clear your progress track. Uh, it does not mark the danger track. Is your plan basically at this point to just get out of dodge as fast as possible i suppose but is it like Maeve's still down to try and go hard to harvest those components from that moon we just gotta we just gotta lose our tail here sure um because she she feels a bit a bit bad i think that like helix was clearly looking forward to hitting up this this location you found it in the in the multiversal odyssey and you're excited to go for it and like components would would help us become a, a better slug blaster crew so it seems that uh, we can at least have a little bit of time we can head into the coral we can hide amongst it and perhaps uh even if they tr- come to find us we have uh cover at least everyone climb aboard i'll float us down <laughs> <laughs> we all hop on Zyphoskin's back all right. Sounds like we are hunting for components after all. So Miper is still around. They are regrouping, trying to get their robots back online and, you know, shaking off the pain and shock of this particular encounter. How this is going to work is your progress track has been fully cleared. So anytime you want to make the decision to get out of here, you get to do it. No rolls, no questions asked. The danger track is still there. So if you get any problems, they're going to be on your tail and they're going to be giving you a hard time again. Xyphoskin leads you towards the moon of coral, metal, and glass, where bits of detritus are floating around and between this field of rocks and reefs. Any sign of them behind us? Nah, I think we lost them for the moment. I mean, we shouldn't get too comfy, but I I think we got a window here. It should be enough time to snag a few components on our way out, at least. How did Miper know that we have these coils? 
Helix, do you know if these being, you know, extra supercharged negative friction coils, do they give off a different frequency or energy signature that someone could potentially scan for? It's the only thing I can think of. I mean, per- perhaps they are uh, giving off a stronger signature, but that would be the sort of thing they'd have to be looking for these to pick up that kind of heat. But then also, if they can do it, then maybe anyone could do it? Like, it... It also seems weird that Miper would just happen to be scanning for that kind of signature in this particular quadrant of the infinite ocean. Something just doesn't sit right about this. We've all had encounters recently. Helix, you had those sketchy customers attack you in... And sequence and yes, and so you can see why I was maybe a little hesitant to uh, have people rip things from my person. Hey, I'm also hesitant to have people rip things from my person. That's why we. That's why we I, cheesed I, it. I, I guess I was <laughs> fair. Sure, sure. Fair. And and Trev, you had that running with Shimmer at the bot shop, and I had that weird drone following me in Calorium. Maybe people have had their eyes on us for longer than we think they have. You know, maybe. Maybe they didn't find us in Desney. Maybe they've been watching us since well before that. Are, are you thinking these coils might be a liability, not just for these Miper goons, but really anyone who wants to follow our whereabouts? I mean, I, I don't know what I'm thinking right now. Mostly I'm just thinking that we need to get out of here, but before we do, we need to do what we came here to do. God fucks it. <laughs> God fucks it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, then. I guess everyone keep your eyes peeled, or visual receptors, and let's find that treasure. Hey, it should be noted that even though it went awry at the end, I think we have done a very good job at being slug blasters. People were very pleased with us, and we should take encouragement with that. If anything, if people are trying to come after us, it's a sign of how good of a job we're doing, and they are jealous in their bowels. I think I see what you're saying. And that's my pep talk? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what's happening. Great, 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 great. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's you uh, uh, restoring our hype pool? Yeah, it? that's right. Okay, I'm uh, restoring the hype pool. Love Very it. good. Maeve flinches a little at the at the odd wording, but takes encouragement from this and kind of just like, presents her her face expectantly for a gold star. <laughs> uh, Trev's thumb does open up and then like it tries to put it on but it doesn't work. It just like, like floats off. <laughs> uh, so what kind of rules would you need from us to search for this? Uh, do, like what, what kind of rules are we doing? Uh, for this component hunt, I think, yeah, you're going to roll to look for components. You can add kick to try and find more than one component on any given roll. Uh, and I will let you roll as much as you think you can. Do we want to kind of treat this as a team effort and just like gather as many components as we can and divvy them up later rather than everyone looking for their own? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, if we're going to do this as a team, we can make this absolutely efficient. And he starts pointing out all the different uh, types of detritus and how they could be used to, to create slug blaster mods and components uh Mm. sort of a combination of actually reads of the manual where i can break down mods uh into new components on the fly it's not really what he's doing what he's doing is techno babble uh so i'm giving uh an extra d6 to this team roll 
Sweet. He um, looks clearly a master of maritime salvage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget to also mark a style because you are pointing out some really good stuff to get components quickly. Yeah. So if you want to grab those, those can be converted into coils. Those disc-shaped things can be converted into lenses. <laughs> and those uh, little chunks of convex glass can be converted into gems. <laughs> <laughs> I'd offer Walt can make the roll. Yeah, you would offer that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why ever for? Uh, well, I think since everyone's riding on Xyphoskin, Walt's kind of taking the lead in piloting and leading us to the places to actually harvest the things. Mm-hmm. And also, I get 2d6 when I start to any sort of roll as the chill. <laughs> yeah, you can't share I, that puppy. You can take uh, a die from uh, me, uh, as well as a kick from me. And, like, I'm doing by... You know, yes, you point out which ones do which. I'm like honing in on like, oh, okay, if that's the case, here's a bigger chunk, and like these, this mm. might be more rich. Trev can maybe almost like start scanning Refining. based on these recommendations yeah. by Helix as well. Uh, and I'll offer a kick as well. Maybe, yeah, you guys are kind of scanning for the things. Maybe, maybe Maeve's doing the actual grabbing because the thing about Maeve is <laughs> she's got four hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think with that, I'm up to forty six and two kick. I think uh, also I'd like to take a dare to add a kick of my own onto that. Then. We also have a full hype pool. Thing. Yeah, get some. Oh right, yeah. So that's forty-six really... for kick. Yeah. Yes. Forty-six for kick. All right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, oh no. So that's a four. <laughs> that's a four. That is a mixed success. Uh, but a mixed success is a success. I'm noticing two ones on I've the table. I've also got two so ones. So. Mark all the freaking style in the world, <laughs> Michael. Y'all are going to get a bunch of components. And what I think we're going to do is each player at the table, myself included, will roll in in the lab to see what you get. Okay, uh, very quick, go around and just tell me your initial roll. A six. A six. A five. A five. A six. <laughs> Every single one of us rolled a choose, and I guess by the rules of In the Lab, <laughs> three of us are going to roll again. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's go around the three of us and say what we rolled. Five. Six. Five. <laughs> Robin, so. roll again. <laughs> I have rolled three different dice and they all came up sixes in a row. Robin, roll again. Fourth die. No way. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was so dramatic. It, it it was spinning like a top for easily five seconds. That is four sixes in a row rolled by Robin. Robin, roll again. This is this is the dice based equivalent of getting a turkey. Yeah, that's right. A four. <laughs> so the only component, as dictated by the dice, okay. is a gem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so between the four of you, you are getting eleven components. <laughs> from this one roll. <laughs> You've talked it over. What are you getting? We are getting one gem, one coil, three lenses, and six discs. 
uh, which just so happens to be, if if my math is checking out and if everyone is, is giving me proper information, should be enough for us all to pay for our illegal mods that we got from the Nega Friction Coils uh, and to earn them outright in case we, say, need to jettison these Nega Friction Coils that are causing us to be followed uh, by the Miper Corporation. So I, I think we've we've got quite a haul here, gang. Um, I, I I think with what we've got here in the in the pile, we can definitely all unlock mods. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think that these coils are a, a, a liability, and I, I think we really should blast them off into the ocean and never look at them again. We can build the mods we we would be losing or, or something else, but I, I really think these are a liability. And and Helix uh, opens his hoverboard, pulls out the coil. Uh, kind of winds up to throw it and then realizes it's zero gravity, so he doesn't have to try that hard, uh, and just sort of pushes his coil off into the infinite ocean. Goodbye, Photon Exciter. Hello, Photon Exciter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a little worried about what happens if someone else gets their hands on these, if if they're trackable. But I guess an infinite ocean is about as good a place to lose them as anywhere else, so... Maybe Maeve, uh, Maeve does the same, opens uh, her jacket up, removes the Nega Friction coil, uh, and kind of hucks hers and tries to do it in an arc where it, it uh, gently bumps helixes and sends them both into some sort of a, I guess it's not a chasm, I was going to say down into a, a, a deep sea trench, but it's it's infinite space, so. Uh, Lodged in a rock or into a current. We'll say that they're, they're both jettisoned yeah. for now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I will be honest with you. I cannot just easily remove the coil without uh, exposing all my inner circuitry to uh, water. So I will I will get rid of it at first opportunity. Yeah, I suppose we don't have to. I mean, we're just kind of doing like a poetic thing. But I, I mean, I guess we don't all have to. I mean, right yeah, now. but the poetic thing would kill me. So well, no, like, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> like, it would murder me. We can we can smash it, it end, when we get back to operate boom pal. Yeah, I just, like, I mean, the end of my existence would happen. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think that would go against the poetic. Well, That's fair. Uh, this debate about robotics and poetics is occurring. Uh, Walt has gotten uh, Zyphoskin to uh, desurge back down to Carcinikin and returned him to the device uh, and sort of turned his back and acted like he was removing his coil. Because um, we do not have enough components for Walt to do it. And also, Walt can't keep his buddy around anymore if he gets rid of this coil right away. So he is, uh, he just like picks up a piece of dark coral and kind of hucks it in the opposite direction and hopes it floats away enough that it can't be identified right away. <laughs> all right. Um, great, great. It looks like you, me, and Walt have all thrown them in different directions. Yeah, all, all done. Can I roll just one flat d6 to see if I notice that anything's up here? Yeah, roll an insight check against Wolt. <laughs> or like a contested, maybe? I like it like, if it's Sorry. a six, yeah. I know. If it's a four or five, I have suspicions. And if it's a one through three, I think everything's gravy. Yeah, I dig it. Cool. That's a two. You ran out of luck. You rolled Maeve all your sixes trusts out. Walt implicitly. She, she knows that he wouldn't put them in any kind of danger. <laughs> Trev, by holding on to this to Operablem, you're really putting us in danger, but I guess I don't want anything to happen to you. Yeah. So I guess some grace can be given to hold on to it for now, but please know how much danger you're putting us in. We are really in jeopardy by you not ejecting it right now. 
grave well, danger. Let's let's not give him such a hard hard time. Let's uh, <laughs> let's just let's just uh, try and get back before the, that micro crew catches up and and uh, we'll, we'll we'll be fine. We'll be we'll we'll, we'll 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 all be we'll we'll be fine. Yeah, we will. And she gives Walt's hand a squeeze and is like, "Well, gang, should we punch it? Let's get out of here." Oh, look at this hall. Indeed, we should leave. You have collected a veritable bounty of components. Plenty to replace the mods that were previously fueled by your illegal friction coils. Two of you, Walt and Trev4, still have your coils with various intentions on whether you're going to keep them or not. The four of you make your way to the two-way thin zone that will take you back to Thenispar. But we linger on the two friction coils that were jettisoned by Helix and Maybelline. They float through endless ocean. And then a hand reaches out and scoops them up and brings them in. The figure holding the coils is wearing Lansden issue hasware. And he presses a button and says, We got him. Two down, two to go. <laughs> <laughs>